Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. And it's easy, too, to think, oh, I can do this myself. And I'm like that because I'm like, oh, I can figure it out. I can learn this. And I think no matter how good you are at figuring things out, having somebody walking alongside you and challenging you and speaking into your life is very, very valuable. And you can't do that for yourself. Today's episode is from our show, Your Finest Hour, where we interview one of our coaches from Novus Global alongside one of their high-performing clients, diving into how they make the most out of coaching. In this episode, I'll be interviewing Novus Global partner, Janet Breitenbach, and founder and CEO of Tiller Digital, Chantel Little. We discuss how coaching has impacted Chantel's leadership, the impact of noticing our beliefs and how those beliefs might be costing you more than you think, and how coaching can remove barriers to rapidly hiring and scaling an organization. We hope you enjoy the show. We are so excited uh, to be with you today. We have Chantel Little, the CEO of Tiller Digital in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Chantel founded um, Tiller when she was 19 years old, when she was but a wee child <laughs> and um, grew, grew, that, <laughs> grew that organization to uh, well over 26 full-time employees, a uh, staff of 30. Chantel has done incredible things for the business community in Calgary and uh, in Alberta, investing over $350,000 into other startup uh, organizations. And according to Forbes, less than 1% or right around 1% of creative agencies are founded by women. And she is one of those women. So we just, um, we, we, we're so thrilled to have you on the show, Chantel, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. I was so excited for this today. So thanks for the opportunity. So we want to dive right in. We also have Janet Wood, who's a partner at Novus Global. And, and really, Janet and Chantel spent, uh, how long did you guys work together uh, as a coach and a client? That's, that's essentially what we're here to talk about. So I'm just curious, um, when did that start and how long did you guys work together? Oh man, see, I was going to look it up before this. I know. <laughs> I remember thinking, okay, I got to look it up and see when it was and how long ago. But uh, I think for it was two years ago. It was pre-COVID. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, how big was your team when we started working together? Do you remember? I think there were 11 full-time at, at yes. that time. Yeah. And now how many people do you have? Core team is 26. And then we have a contract team that gets us up to 30 and we're hiring for three more positions. This wow. Summer, so. yeah. wow. Wow. That is some awesome growth. Yeah. So Dan, you introduced us. We did a yeah, training did. together. I actually flew up to the great, wonderful country of Canada <laughs> from Los <laughs> Angeles. And I got to meet Chantel in person. We did an in-person training with her and her team. And so I'm grateful, Dan, that you brought me in. And uh, she stood out immediately yes. from the crowd. So yeah, yes. Dan, how did, you, how did you all meet? Well, and, I, and so let's go to the origin story. And actually, yeah. Chantel is one of those people that um, when you meet her, she makes an immediate impact on you. And so that's why I'm so excited to have her on today. So, um, oh, Chantel, why don't, from your perspective, what was going on before you ran across Novus Global with your company and why did you start looking into this whole coaching thing to begin with? 
That's a great question. So because I was a little baby when I started Tiller, lots <laughs> three, of three people. Years old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> lots of people actually approached me about coaching me because they'd see me. I'm like 20 trying to sell these big deals or 21 and they'd be like, she needs help. So they'd approach me. <laughs> And, and it was really interesting. Like I thought it was interesting to hear about the role that a coach could play, but I struggled with the approach. Like I struggled with the things that I heard from those different coaches. Um, and I just never, I never felt like they really cared about me as a person or really about my business or what about were some results. of those things. Can I yeah, ask what were some ask. of those things that they, that I didn't like? Yeah. You yeah, said you approach. struggled with some of their approaches. I think a lot of it was like very, there was a very structured framework. It was like coursework Mm. and it felt a little bit like I was going back to school to go through this course with them. And you could kind of tell that you could could just tell that they didn't have any way to like measure what they were doing. Cause I remember the first time I met Dan, that was like what immediately stood out to me. I was like, whoa, he's like talking about ROI. Like he understands business for one. Mm. (laughs) Some of the coaches, like, like it, some of the coaches were just like, I I felt like um, they were just trying to convince me that they had this methodology that if I followed it, I would be successful. And it felt like following the methodology was what would bring success versus me growing as a person. And that was like, it was like, it was kind of weird. Like it was just, I I never believed in it. And I had other, I had other mentors. I had other people that were speaking into my life. So I believed in the value of like mentorship and coaching. Like I, I tried to invite that into my life, but not in a formal sense. And so eventually I, I just thought to myself, there has to be someone out there that I believe in. I believe in what they're doing and I believe in their approach so I actually, I remember reading a blog post. First of all, I reached out to people that I trusted asking if they had referrals to business so coaches. Just, great, just, that's a great move. That's yeah, great just move. to notice that, like yeah. a, a hot tip. We don't do hot tips, but a hot tip. <laughs> <laughs> it's like asking people you trust yeah. for you know access to people that they might have who have what we call believability. Like this, yes. they have experience, they have a, a track record of results. Because there's a lot of consultants, companies, coaches who, you know, they, they don't have that and people yeah. hire them without really doing due diligence. So I love that, that that's part of your story. So who, who, yeah, you reached out to your network. Keep going. I interrupted you. Yeah. So I reached out to many people that I trust and the university that I attended, they had been played like a big part in my start of my company because I was a student there when I started. And I yeah. reached out to somebody at the university and they actually referred me to someone else at the university that told me about you guys. His name is Tim Vanderpile. He's a yes. professor. Uh, was a professor at that university. I think he now works for another company okay. called Fortis. Uh, and we've all done work with Fortis. So oh, perfect. Um, it's just a beautiful little web there. Um, no, that's that's phenomenal. So so you reached out to Tim uh, and tell. Let's go forward from there. So I think that's when you reached out to me, or I think I might have emailed you. Yes. I can't remember Somehow exactly how we, that, we ended that up happened, getting but. connected. And prior to our call. I remember I was doing a little bit of recon, like I was doing a little bit of research. I came across the blog post about meta performance. I read it and I fell in love. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is the coolest thing. Like it just energized me immediately. It felt really exciting. It felt like something that was new, like a fresh perspective on something, but that I immediately believed in. 
So that's kind of what got me even more excited. And then we talked. <laughs> yes, yes. And so uh, when I remember those initial conversations really, really well um, around where the company was at, what you were wanting to see. And, and the one thing that struck me about you right away, Chantal, was that you were so committed to growth, um, which in our world, uh, you know, people say that they're committed to growth, but actually being committed to growth is a completely different animal. So once you actually stepped into, we did the training with your team and then you started being coached with, with Janet. So I'm curious, I want to hear, and, and Janet, I, I forgot, I, I need to correct myself. It's no longer Janet Wood. It's, Not, it's Janet. What, what, what's your new last name now? Janet Breitenbach. <laughs> you Breitenbach. don't know how to pronounce it, do you? No, I was going to say Breit, <laughs> Breitenzebach. Uh, uh, yes. I've heard lots of examples. <laughs> <laughs> Jan, Jan, so apologies, Janet, for that. Um, so Janet and, and Chantel began coaching together. Uh, so Janet, I'm curious, when you met Chantel, what was your first impression uh, of her as a leader uh, as she stepped into the coaching space? Yeah, well, I remember being in the training room at uh, your offices in Calgary, and I didn't know right away, like, who, like, who is this girl? Like, she's so into it. Uh, and I was just so honestly inspired. I could tell one, you're a great leader, you're eager. And, uh, I'll be honest, you kind of stood out from the rest of the room as far as a level of eagerness at that time. And I think you've seen so much growth from mm -hmm. your team in general, but, uh, I was like, man, if every person in this room had Chantel's eagerness, excitement, participation, uh, they're going to they're going to take off. So I was, I was very inspired and a, a little bit nervous. Honestly, I was like, is this, is this what I'm going to coach? She is a badass, and I cannot wait to dive in with this person. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mostly just remember falling in love with, uh, you and Brandon, cause I coached both you and, uh, and Brandon Nickerson, um, from the beginning. And yeah, just, uh, I, you're the ideal, uh, coachy, because you participate, you show up, you lift the questions, you wrestle with the questions, and you were willing to be vulnerable, which was something that I don't see that often. So I yeah. just really, yeah, loved it. Yeah. No, and that's, that's, um, that's, ex it's funny to hear two people's uh, viewpoint on the same person because it very much resonates with my experience of you, Chantel. So, okay. So you, you get into this. Uh, this whole coaching thing, you sign up, you know, you're, you're, you're getting your team coached. So tell me about that kind of initial experience. Um, uh, what worked, what, what were you thrilled about? What stuck out to you? What didn't work? Like what, what, what advice would you have for people kind of in that season of beginning coaching based on what you experienced? That's a great question. I I've thought a lot about that because at first, because I had never been coached, there was this feeling of like, what am I supposed to do? Like I was trying to figure out how do I, I really wanted max value. Like I wanted to give everything of myself into the experience. Yeah. And because I've never experienced it before, mm -hmm. there was an element of figuring it out. But I think it slowly but surely came into my stride. And Janet did a great job of encouraging me to make it what I what I wanted and to bring those things to the table. And I mean, we kind of co-created it. It felt mm -hmm. powerful in that sense. And as soon as I came into my stride, I just felt like I could own it. Not to say that Janet wasn't leading it, but it felt like I could own the experience. And that was really exciting for me. So I think yeah, yeah. it's okay to not, if it's your first time ever being coached, it's okay to kind of 
sort it out and feel it out. And it probably depends on who your coach is too. And the personalities. I remember Janet told me that she was a three on the Enneagram. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she's going to so get me. Like, this is the best. I shall enter the- <laughs> <laughs> or I'm going to so be, so be conned by, by your weaknesses because they're my yeah, weaknesses too. Go, <laughs> so yeah, I really, I really felt like there were things like even me learning about Janet helped me a lot. It really did yeah. because like I wanted her yeah. to be successful as much as she wanted me to be successful. And I still feel that way, even though we haven't coached together. Like, and, and so I think like getting to know your coach is really important because it is a relationship. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Well, and, and actually Chantel, what you just said really, there's two things I just want to dig into a little bit. One is this idea of co-creating something uh, with another person. And that, and that kind of speaks to the last thing you said, which uh, I think um, I saw this having coached some of the, the people who work for you is your insatiable desire right. to see other people grow. Like you, you have this desire to see people live into more of their potential to take steps that direction. So I'm curious, were there some questions um, early on in the coaching relationship or some moments that you can think of that were, where there was this kind of like a well, lights on sort of moment when Janet may have said something or you may have said something in that co-creating experience that really definitely kind of one you. really sticks out to me. She asked me every week, like, what's the one nuclear thing that you can do this coming week mm-hmm. to move the needle? Maybe not in those exact words, but the word nuclear was always part of it. And I loved that. Yeah. I still use yeah. that language every day now. And, and it really changed because it mm. really helped me understand that sometimes growth is overwhelming because there's so much. I'm very hard on myself. Mm. I want to grow. Like to me, living is growing. Mm. I, I don't feel like I'm living if I'm not growing. So it can feel overwhelming when there's so mm. many ways that you want to grow. And she helped me really like that first question in the very beginning, what's that nuclear thing that you can do? It really helped me prioritize growth, like the next thing and, and helped me feel that I was making progress, Hmm. which is really important because every week there's accountability. Like, did you do that? And that's powerful. Now, now I'm, I kind of self do that and do that with others on my team. And it's really exciting. So that, that one absolutely sticks out to me. Well, and that, that actually speaks because I'm always curious to, um, as a coaching relationship evolves and depending on how long it is, the legacy of the conversation. So I'm curious in terms of the results that you created, what were some things that you look back now and, and think, okay, I probably wouldn't have done that had not been for that conversation or maybe made that decision. Are there some kind of things that happened as a result in your mind of the conversations with Janet directly? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, where do I begin? <laughs> There's so many <laughs> things. I feel in so many ways, yeah. I feel forever <laughs> indebted to Janet because she she served me in a very big way. Mm-hmm. And I talk about it all the time. Um, I tell mm-hmm. everyone about it because it was it was a big deal. It was almost unexpected because I knew that I would be challenged and I knew that I would grow, but I didn't realize that it would be so life changing. I'm getting emotional just talking about it. it was it's truly powerful. So yeah. so I think like the biggest thing yeah. that that I can take away. There's tons of little things, but the biggest thing is, is this whole concept of limiting beliefs. We spent a lot of time talking about that. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I had some, I'd never used that language before. And that language mm-hmm. helped me. I yeah. knew that I had limiting beliefs, but I had never been asked to ever write them all down. 
<laughs> so that that was an exercise. And I, I look back, even it being years ago, <laughs> I look back, I remember the night I sat on my couch, I wrote down the limiting beliefs. There were 72 of them. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of limiting yes. beliefs. And some of them, you know, yeah. they're, they yeah. were, they were painful to write down and admit because I didn't really realize until I was asked to write them down what they really were. I knew I had them, but they were not specific. Yeah. So I, you know, even knowing we were doing this today, I dug up the list cause I have it and I reread. Yeah. I reread it and it was, it was powerful. Like I, I wrote down, like, I don't have what it takes to take Taylor to the next level. Like it'll have to be someone else. That's a really limiting yeah. belief like, to think, right. That's a huge, that's a huge yeah, thing to admit. I also felt that I like, I'm not a good mentor or I'm not a good public speaker. There were so many things mm. that I wrote down. Um, I'm not growing enough because I'm so hard on myself that I wasn't celebrating wins, which is something that that Janet helped me do as well. So that that exercise changed my life. Mm. I remember actually being so impacted by it that I, I was hanging out with my parents the weekend after the exercise. I shared with them that I had done this. and I, I dissolved to tears because it was like, it was a big deal to wow. me. And, and I yeah. identifying them really helped me change the, change the narrative in my, in my mind, the narrative I was telling myself. Yeah. So, so it's, it's been life changing. Um, it isn't lost on me that you had a team of 11 when we started, when we met you and now your team is 26, like not more than double the, the, the staff size. My guess is if we went yeah. to metrics of revenue, there would be a lot more there too. Um, so it's just, it's, it's so interesting that the coaching journey began with you identifying this, this belief, yeah. oh, I, I need somebody else needs to do this. I, it can't be me. Um, and, and, and just to see where you're coming now, but I, you were going to say something. I, I don't well, want to just continue. that I saw how my limiting beliefs, cause I kept saying they were beliefs I had about myself and they were, but they were actually impacting Tiller's growth. And yeah. I, I hadn't really connected that. So the minute you you change mm -hmm. the narrative and we have a new principle, no ceilings, and it's talked about all the time, every onboarding session, all the time, every Friday, basically, we, we celebrate wins now. Thanks to Janet told us about like, you know, doing celebrating wins and how you guys do something. And so we adopted that the next week and it was so awkward yeah. the first week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all stood around who wants to shout out and, and like celebrate what happened this week and, and it was quiet and now it's like my favorite 20 minutes of the week we just did it again this morning yes and it's it's the best right so when you show up as a leader in a new way and you have a new mindset you have a new energy it changes everything and and i really believe that like the change in mindset has been huge for tiller's growth absolutely yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I just, there's so, I bet you there's many people on the podcast right now listening who are thinking, uh, probably getting a piece of paper out, get like, like, oh, I got to write down my limiting beliefs. I'm thinking like, oh, I like, oh, who should I, which client should I do that with like tomorrow? Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, or, and I just love that story uh, and your vulnerability in that Chantel. And Janet, I'm curious, like once that process began um, and Chantel began sharing those things, what are what are some of the ways that you think Chantel or what makes Chantel unique or special uh, as a client? Like what 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 really stood out for you? 
Yeah, well, as she, as she was talking, as you were talking, I won't talk about you as if you're not here. <laughs> as you were talking, uh, first of all, what really stood out that I think you latched onto really well was the idea that you realized that that limiting belief wasn't just affecting you, which I think is a lot of leaders, a lot of people, they continue to latch onto those beliefs because they think, well, it's only hurting me. Yeah. Hmm. And in your case, you realize there's a bigger impact here. This bleeds into every area of work, my team, my life, mm -hmm. maybe even future relationships, future partner, business partnerships, future client relationships. So you were able to see and be, you're, you were willing to feel the weight of those long-term costs to be willing to say, I'm going to choose not to believe this anymore, that I'm not capable of taking this team to the next mm -hmm. level. And uh, I think that's what's really key. And most people don't want to look at that. And I think that's what's unique about Chantel and any uh, client or coachee that's willing to leverage the coaching space, because I could be talking to asking the same exact questions to someone else. And maybe they avoid looking at the long-term costs. They're really, mm -hmm. they cozy up to the, the the things that you get out of staying in that belief and like, oh, it's got to be someone else. It's not me. Uh, I don't have what it takes. And so you were willing to look at that, which I, I often say in the coaching space is the experience of a rock bottom without actually yeah. hitting the rock bottom. And I think, Chantel, you were so great at uh, leaning into that, that discomfort that discomfort of, oh, I don't like looking at this. <laughs> you were willing to write down 72. I, I can't tell you how many times I've done that exercise and someone writes down about eight limiting beliefs. <laughs> I'm like, come on, I know you got more in there. <laughs> so I love that you were willing to really dig and admit stuff, uh, limiting beliefs to yourself that yeah. were hard to look at. And I think that's what's so special about Chantel and, and why she made the most of that time. And it, clearly it's it's uh, turning into success for Tiller. No, that's so that's so great. I, I just, yeah, I, I'm knocked back by, um, by the intensity or the intention, Chantel, that you put into the, the work right at the beginning um, to really create that maximum value. So can I ask, I'm gonna ask you a, a question that might, it's more about real time than the previous yeah. relationship of coaching or timing coaching. Um, what are your limiting beliefs now? I still have one. I'm still working through the, I'm not a good public speaker one, <laughs> and I'm not good on camera because I know that with where Tiller's going, I know yeah. that me being the face of Tiller is very important. And I'm kind of a, yes. I'm kind of roll up your sleeves, like almost behind the scenes, like work really hard. Yeah don't love a lot of attention, those sorts of things. And, and so I feel more comfortable in that space, but for Tiller to succeed, yeah. I have to be a lot more comfortable in, I have to push myself constantly outside of my comfort zone, even doing this today to really, to really yeah. stretch myself to grow. So we actually, with the whole video piece, we've been, we have a video team that we've been working with and we keep testing out, you know, we keep trying new videos and keep working on it because I believe that practice will make me better and we yes. keep trying, right? And you have to just keep trying or take a course and we're looking into different ways to kind of get past that. So it's the one where I, I kind of flip into that sometimes. Yep. And then have to immediately correct it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it, it happens, right? Sometimes we still 
in a moment, especially let's say you have a big goal you're working towards and you're way behind. Now that's, that's, um, that's phenomenal. Uh, I, I, there's a couple things actually that occur to me as you're talking. And so we, it, within our company and within Novus, we have this value for growth, but this idea, most people show up, most leaders show up to conversations and they go, well, this is just how I am. I'm just, I don't like public speaking or I'm, I don't like having, you know, or I just, I'm not good at, and, and it becomes a, a very clear um, uh, barrier or a ceiling like you talked about earlier. And what I loved about what you said was I have a vision and my vision, in order to achieve my vision, I need to transform. Uh, Change needs to happen in me. And, and really at the heart of our work uh, and the work that you've, you've now, I think are doing within your team, even is modeling that as a leader. Can you, can you speak to a little bit of uh, maybe some of the challenge of leading that way uh, with your team, and, and maybe um, as you were receiving coaching from Janet, like were there were there any kind of tough moments or, or pain points even in the process of exploring that conversation? Yeah, there. It's been a continual thing that I'm growing in, um, yeah. and I'm learning how to do that because everyone. Most people, like we are trying to hire for people that have a growth mindset for one. So it changes how you hire because some people are not interested. Yes. How does it, how does it change Chantel? How do you figure that out? Well, through more conversations and changing even just the, the reference checks, like questions on the reference checks. But for me, I have to be able to see it in the person. Yeah. when I am talking to them. So we have more interviews, like especially during COVID, when we have had our office closed down, um, we made a few hires like via video and it's it's difficult. We don't always have to do that. Sometimes mm. if you're hiring across the globe, you do. But we've been trying as much as possible, like even a little backyard hangout mm-hmm. because when you meet someone and you listen to them and you even ask them like, what's your mm. vision for this role? Like, how would you onboard? Like, I know I have an onboarding plan, but how would you be successful in this role, you you begin to see like, they'll identify, this is my gap. This is how I'd close the gap. And you, you learn a lot about whether they're expecting you to close the gap for them or whether they're planning to own that. And that's important. So I think it's just like the way that we ask questions, the things we dig into that helps me quite a bit, but you can also tell looking back at someone's story a little bit. So it's kind of a combination of those things. And I don't always get it right. Um, but I've changed that a lot. It's way more important to me than it was before. Way more. Mm. And actually you guys always, you guys always talked about like Janet, you would always talk about what's that person's vision for their role. And I think bringing Mm. people back to that because giving feedback and is very difficult for me. It always has been. It still is difficult for me, but I am overcoming that and yeah. growing in that and getting better at that. And my vision for my own myself is to be very good at giving feedback. So yeah. I have to work. So taking people back to their vision. So I think there's many things that you can do to gauge someone's mindset. And once they're in the role, you can tell really quick, <laughs> really yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, there's the old, there's the old adage, hire, slow, fire, fast. Yes. Um, and, and I hear, I hear that in what you're saying, as well as not only testing for growth, but also testing for ownership. Yes. Is this person someone who owns their side of the street and is even willing to step into the street and co-own something together? Yeah. Um, hopefully not to get hit by a car, <laughs> but <laughs> hopefully um, not. 
Yeah, exactly. But I no, it's such a it's such a beautiful picture of uh, really the the work ultimately that coaching is about coming alongside, developing, having these conversations that expand who we think we are uh, in order to achieve things we haven't achieved before. Um, I, I'm curious too, like when when you think about the long term uh, impact over the last few, well, I guess it's been two years since we did the training initially with your team. Um, uh, how do you see, where do you see Tiller growing now as a result of that? And where do you see it growing into the future in terms of what you guys want to want to become? Well, there's like in the coaching sense, you mean like in, in our team? Yeah. 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 So we have been trying to, we've been trying to think about how do we provide more support to our team and staff in terms yeah. of their own growth. So that has been a thing that has been more prevalent in our conversations and we've been building plans and certain people have been benefiting from that in the last you know, year and a half or so. Um, and that's really exciting for us because we really do want to see people continually grow and evolve. And I think in the past, we've put a lot of pressure on ourselves that all of that has to come from Brandon and I. Um, but even like it can happen within the team, right? There's that book, Tribal yes. Leadership, that we read yeah. in coaching and this concept of triads, like connecting people within the team and allowing them to grow together and yeah. work together. So I think some of it is creating, continually investing and in creating those triads within the team. Mm. Brandon and I still absolutely doing that at a leadership level, but also when it makes most sense to have that external input, making sure that we do what we can to, to provide that. So our teams change so much that I hope soon we can do team training with you guys again because <laughs> it has changed so much like it's a lot of it's new people a lot of, yeah so now we've kind of embedded that like we yeah. we built a, a culture deck and janet yeah. was a huge part of that and helped us build out principles and there's certain principles i read and i'm like man this is here because of novus global yeah like and and the impact of janet's coaching so i would say like taking the things we learned and really building them into the DNA of our culture yeah, and then reinforcing them as yeah. well is really important. Celebrating when people actually like when celebrate, when people live out those principles. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, recognition is so important for yeah. to create that momentum. I'm going to, I'm going to ask a couple of questions that like kind of turn a little bit a, a different direction yeah. because we're, we're committed to growth as a company and as coaches as well. So I'm curious, like, from your perspective of working with a coach, and not just with Novus Global, but in general, um, was there anything you wish Janet would have been doing or asked you? Or like when you think about raising, like putting more weight on the bar, um, and maybe, maybe, maybe there isn't anything, but I'm curious, like what, what, were, what are some ways that you think coaching could take a next step up in the way it serves you and or people listening right now? It's like they, they, if you're looking for a coach, whether it's with Novus or not, what do you want to make sure they're asking and what do you, what do you, what do you want to make sure they're hunting for? Well, I have a new service offering idea. <laughs> no, I'm just no I, I think my answer to the question is <laughs> I, for me, that experience of having, I can't remember how long it was, but whatever it was, it was intense. Yeah. It was transformative. Yeah. And I struggled with it ending. Like I missed the calls with Janet. Yeah. I missed mm -hmm. that engagement, but in the same breath, I felt like it was good that I had to now step out and, and own that mm. and transform and, and build that into the DNA. So it was also good that it ended in a way yeah. um, for, my, for my growth. So 
the idea or the thing that I would love in some capacity is, is if there's a way to have coaching in a less intense way. Like if it's like once every six months, a touch base or mm. some once a quarter, something along those lines, because even this, even this today, it leaves me energized. It reminds me of what I learned. Yeah. Mm. And all of that is important. And having that conversation mm. with, with you guys is very special to me yeah. because you were, you know, you were part of that, Janet, and helping. Yeah. So that's not, I'm not sure if that's really answering the question, but that's something I've thought a lot about. After we're done, we can talk about the retainer, retainer agreements we're creating yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> there there oh, we go. Right. Which are a thing, which actually are a thing. It. But no, I, I think it's important. And, and even to personalize it even more, was there anything that Janet did or asked you, and Janet, maybe you can speak to this too, that just like, <laughs> really pissed you off or like really got under your skin and, and maybe in a good way or about, I, I, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm hunting for drama. That's really what I'm hunting for. Right you now. are <laughs> hunting for drama. You're hunting for drama. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think that anything made me mad. She, she challenged me, mm. but I loved it. Yeah. Like I struggle with delegation. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And she would tell me that. And <laughs> that's good. I would have been disappointed <laughs> if she didn't. And I struggle, like one conversation I can remember, she asked me, she asked me a question. I can't remember exactly what she said, but yeah. she asked me something to the effect of what role I had played in Tiller's success. And I told mm. her this whole answer and she's like, you never once said anything you did. Like basically she's like, all you talked about is the contributions of the other team, like the rest yeah. of the team or what other people have done or circumstances that allowed it to succeed, but you won't own what you did. Mm. Like you won't, you won't say it. And, and I love those are conversations where I didn't even realize yeah. I was doing that. Yeah. But so good. it helped me. It mm. really helped me like uh, quite a bit. So I would say that she challenged me in a, in a really healthy way. Yeah. You, you didn't tell Dan about the time that I met you in person. I slapped you on the face and then we don't condone violence. You guys got into a slap fight. It was, uh, <laughs> it was weird. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's so good. Well, and it's what's strange about advocacy. And, and I'm mm. sure Chantel, you, you probably um, understand this from a, from a boss's perspective, but mm. when you're advocating for someone or you're in a culture of advocacy, there is a, there is a, intensity to it, mm -hmm. but also mixed in. And our, our goal is always to create an environment where someone feels deeply cared for while also being deeply called forward. Mm -hmm. Called out is kind of the other way people say it. it's like, oh, he called me out. You know, we want to call people forward in this really powerful mm -hmm. place of advocacy. And I think the best companies and cultures do that. And I've noticed that when I was with your team, that there was a natural leaning that direction already. So I'm curious now, like you've grown, you've doubled the company. Mm -hmm which is fantastic, incredible. First of all, you did it during COVID. <laughs> yes. right? um, yeah. uh, you did it and you hired people virtually. Like there's all these new challenges that, mm -hmm. that you overcame. One of the things that we talk about in our work uh, a lot is we want to help people get twice as much done half the time and, and, and love it and have deeper satisfaction in what they do over this last year through COVID. Um, now that we're in, a, and we're both in Alberta, Chantel and I are yeah. in the same city. Um, as as the country and as the province begins to open back up and the world starts to open back up, can you talk to us a little bit about like what what's next for Tiller? Like mm -hmm. how how you're going to continue that trajectory? What what do you want to see happen with your company? 
Absolutely. I love talking about that. So we are on a mission to become the premier creative agency for tech and SaaS companies across North America. And we have customers all across North America now, 40% of our business is in the US. And we have this big ambition. We used to serve lots of different companies, many B2B, some B2C, and we didn't have a lot of focus as an agency. So during COVID, we made the bold choice to focus on tech. And it's partially because that's where our passion lies. Um, It's partially because that's what's in our pipeline. That's where referrals are coming from. People are noticing our strength in that area. Um, So we, we made the bold choice to pivot. And I think a lot of that is really contributing to our success. So what we're doing is we're, we're pairing our subject matter expertise of tech with our passion for the craft and our, our experience at the craft. I'm I'm really curious about what you just said, because I just want to slow it down. What was it like choosing to Mm. pivot and, and say no to certain things. Cause I remember this, actually, I remember these conversations from a couple of years mm-hmm. ago because Tiller was doing a lot of different things. You had a smaller team kind of spread out thin. And what I just heard you say is like, we, we put a flag in the ground. What was it like saying no to these other opportunities? Maybe that were still coming your way. It was scary for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Because I was, I was hiring people. I knew that to hire people, and to start becoming more choosy about opportunities was was difficult to do. Because when you're building, like earlier in my entrepreneurial career, sometimes I felt this pressure, well, I have to, I have to take on this deal because I gotta make payroll on Friday. It's like yeah. Monday and I'm like, well, I gotta get that deposit check in by Friday to make payroll. <laughs> so so it, it was scary, mm. but I also knew, I have this, lately I've been feeling that when I get a little bit afraid, it, it means that I should do it. Yeah. So I felt that like deeply and I was reading this book niche down and it was really helpful just practically to consider what that looks like and and why there's benefits. But I just, I knew in, in my gut, I knew that I should do it. Yeah. And it was scaring me a little bit, but it, it was kind of like, I have to push through that and Mm. do it anyways. And we also transition that because we still have some customers that, you know, aren't necessarily fitting that ideal client profile that still are with us at this point and we're transitioning. But if I look at the story of our sales pipeline over the last year, we see, you know, every company under the sun to lots of tech and SaaS companies across North America. Yeah. That's what we want. That's our vision. Yeah. So it was, it was scary and exciting all in one. And we got lots of wonderful confirmation from customers and whatnot, but that came like six months after mm. as the message was coming out. So you have to just have the courage to step into it and stick to it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's such a powerful example. I I, I know um Janet, maybe we can talk a little bit more about this, but one of our board members actually, I was having a conversation. I'm I'm the director of Nova Global Sports, so a division. And I, I'm moving very similarly, putting a flag in the ground, focusing on a very particular avenue of, of a marketplace and, and a group of clients and people. Um, and one of our, our great, a good friend, and he's, a he's on our board. Um, he said to me, he's like, sometimes you got to say no to good to say yes to great. And that's very, very challenging. And one of the things that comes up in our coaching work with many clients and Janet, I'd love for you to speak to this is an inability to say no and mindset that that comes out of. 
And so Janet, like, I'm curious, did you see that in Chantal at all when you were coaching her or did you talk about that stuff at all? Or was that something that kind of happened after the coaching had finished? Well, it's so cool to hear her speak now and, and maybe I can see it more because I haven't talked to you a lot lately, Chantel. So I can see the big difference in how you're thinking about things now versus when we first started. Because when we first started, I would say that you were way more reactive and looking closer to your face, like closer to the present. Like how do I uh, manage, maintain, feel good now? Mm -hmm. I remember it was more difficult to uh, have difficult conversations with people you knew maybe weren't even right for the team. What I'm hearing is future focused, like you're Mm -hmm. way more grounded in the thing that you want that's far away, that's going to require you to suffer a little bit or be uncomfortable in the present. But you know, like we're going to, we're going to reap the benefits of this one day. And it's it's so cool to, to see and hear that. Um, Even uh, I, I wrote down a note here. Um, Yeah. I, I remember, uh, certain struggles with building culture that you had. Yeah. I know that was a big conversation between you and I is like, how do you actually define culture, uh, build it in, mm-hmm. uh, make sure that people hear it over and over again. I think we talked about this idea of, you know, churches, they say the the vision yeah. of the church every Sunday over and over and over and over again. And I can see now that you're reaping the benefits culturally at, at Tiller because you are like, all right, putting a stake in the ground. This is who we are. This is who we say we are. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Thanks for saying that. Oh, that was yeah. energizing. Oh, good. I'm glad. Chantel, when, when, um, and maybe this is just more of almost like a leadership round table just for a second here. Um, because what I hear you talking about is how you've, how you took the coaching space and you took the concepts that, um, we did in our training together and really have been applying them on an ongoing basis, uh, and, and reaping the benefits of that. Now, when, when you think about some of the, the last year, I'm just curious, how are you growing as a leader now? Because we talked about having to shift into that new level of leadership to, to grow the company beyond it. I'm assuming your goal is to continue to, to grow the size of the company, maybe double it again. Yes. And you got like <laughs> 60 employees, right? Uh, a year from now or two years from now. How do you think you need to grow now as a leader to achieve that? Yeah, we have a five-year plan that involves doubling growth every every year. Mm. Um, so I'm very excited about that. And we're on track to that. But I know that to achieve that, me continuing to learn how to build systems and structures is a big piece of it. So, and then, and then getting the right people in to lead those different teams and really making sure that they have the support that they need to own it and lead that. So I would say that that's like a big focus right now. And then creating more space for myself to focus on the future. And that's been something like the last year, we've had to work very hard to, to achieve the growth that we have achieved. And so it's always difficult to find time for vision and future focus. Always, everyone can relate to that. And it's just like, having to prioritize it because if if i keep building a team and they don't know why we're doing what we're doing mm-hmm. why we're working so hard why we're working through like why we need to grow if there's yeah. no clear why it's it's demotivating so even this past week i've been spending time like tweaking our our brand vision and like i'm excited to kind of show it again because we we have to keep going back to it 
and making yes. sure like yeah. we just did it last summer. Now we have to go back to it again. So I'd say that mm -hmm. spending more time on the future and casting that vision, communicating yes. that vision, making sure that people feel connected to that vision is very, very important. And then of course, like as I build the team, making sure that I'm building it in a really smart, scalable way where everything is not yeah. dependent on me. And then yeah. accountability. That's the other big piece, ownership and accountability. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's really that's that's huge. Uh, we've got a few more minutes left. So I wanna I wanna do a little not rapid fire, but semi-rapid fire. Um so if you could speak to uh yourself at 819 when you started the company now, um, what what would you tell her? Oh man, I would have said hire a CFO, hire Janet. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, Do it now. <laughs> for sure. Um, and take dream bigger and take bigger risks. At the time, I had I couldn't really like I had not much to lose. I used scholarship money to launch my business. I lived at home. I was a little kid. I had very little that I was putting on the table, but I still was thinking yeah. like a, a small business owner. Even though deep down in my heart, I wanted to dream much bigger. I was afraid to, yeah. I would just say like, yeah. you know, no ceilings. That's what I'd say. That's what I tell myself every day. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Janet, did you want to say uh, something? Yeah, I was just, I just thought it was so interesting that she says, I would dream bigger. And to some people listening, they're probably like, at 19, you started a business. That's bigger than what I could think. That's so it's just, crazy. It's just <laughs> interesting how relative what taking bigger risks or dreaming bigger is, which is such a testament to, we don't really know what we're capable of. Yeah. And just the, the fact that you are look back and you're like, man, I should have taken bigger risks is just, I don't know. I think it's very inspiring and uh, good for people to hear and be thinking about where am I not taking bigger risks? Yeah. This this is a this is this is more of a, a question directed just at the context too of, of your background. Being a female entrepreneur, I'm curious for those women out there uh, who are wanting to start businesses, and you've done this successfully, and you have many people working for you. What advice might you give somebody starting out at this point uh, in terms of that as well? Yeah, I think I battled like the whole I'm a female doing this and i'm also my like ageism like i'm a little kid doing this and i was trying to yeah. like overcompensate a lot mm -hmm. and even just the way i dressed the way i spoke i wasn't really me yeah. and now this has all been about like in the last couple of years really coming into my own as an entrepreneur yeah. like be, being comfortable in my own skin and yeah. that has changed everything so i think when i when i see lots of you know, female and male entrepreneurs, but I do see this as being uh, something that female entrepreneurs struggle with is, is just this feeling of like imposter syndrome or feeling yeah. like they have to overcompensate. And it's like, girl, you got this, like, just dream big and go after <laughs> it. <laughs> like, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's huge. And, and that's not lost on me too. It's funny how imposter syndrome shows up. I've experienced that too, but I can imagine especially in a, where we live, right. uh, the kind of businesses that are run in terms of the dynamics of who leads them. Um, that can be a factor for sure. So here's my last couple of questions. So they're more focused on coaching again. If somebody's listening to this podcast right now and they're thinking about hiring a coach or they're interested in that, do you have any advice for how they could go about doing that or what maybe they should be looking for? Yeah, I think 
ask around because that really worked for me to find someone. I mean, Novus mm -hmm. Global and Janet, I'm just saying like, call her, call her. <laughs> like, but truly, like, I think it's important to, to clarify what you want to get out of the experience mm -hmm. and, yeah. and even just write it down. Like, what is it that I'm really looking for? And you might be wrong when you write it down, <laughs> very likely, but at least you kind of ground yourself on why you're yeah. on this journey to find a coach. Because if you, if you don't have a goal in mind and you're not willing to do the work, it's, it's a waste of time and money. Like it's an investment in yourself and it's a big investment for me yeah. at the time. It was, it was one of the biggest investments I'd made at the time. Like it was a big deal for me to spend that much money on this. And there are moments where I was like, yeah. oh man, like, I don't know, but it, it was worth every penny. So I think there's an element of like really figuring out what your goal is just to make sure that you align with somebody that cares as much about that as you do. And that yeah. like is willing to understand, like learn about you as a person. Cause that really is a big deal. Yeah. You guys are very good at that. You're very good at in your team about getting to know people. Yeah. I remember the first time I wrote a very large check um, for <laughs> coaching and like my hand shaking. Oh yeah. Like it just been like, this is nuts. Like, what am I doing? But in that moment, realizing what that, what that check was about was about me investing in myself and betting on myself mm -hmm. Uh, to grow, to, to, to evolve, to, to become something more. And I think so many people aren't willing to do that. Not, and, they, and it's kind of cloaked in a conversation about it's a lot of money versus you know, like, how are you committed to yourself in, in the process of growth? So it's just really cool to hear that. And it's easy too to think, oh, I can do this myself. Oh, yes. Right? <laughs> and, and I'm like that because I'm like, oh, I can figure it out. I can learn this. And I think no matter how good you are at figuring things out, having somebody walking alongside you and challenging you and speaking into your life is very, very valuable. And you can't do that for yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. We, we say in our work, uh, you can't do surgery on yourself. I, I, there was, I joked about this on another <laughs> podcast, actually. Um, there was a surgeon and he was, I think it was a Russian surgeon who pulled out his own appendix in Antarctica because <laughs> he couldn't get to a OR and, and he advised, don't try that. Um, because, <laughs> He almost died. Um, but but it's it's so true, Chatel. I think um, one of the great limiting beliefs, it's, it, we don't see it as a limiting belief, is that I can do this on my own. You might be right. My question is, is how long, how much faster could it yes. be if you didn't do it by yourself? Um, so that's yeah. a huge point. Janet, I feel like you wanted to say something about that too. No, I was, just, I was just thinking how you could have two different limiting beliefs. You could have, I can do this by myself or... I can't do this by myself. I need to have someone, but it's an excuse to wait and not jump yeah. in and take a risk. So that's yeah. what's so fascinated about fascinating about limiting beliefs is that it functions more as uh, an excuse mm. than a capital T true. And so yeah. uh, being yeah. willing to look at what, where, where am I using this thing that may have some truth to it as an excuse to not move forward or it might be holding me back. So love that. Yeah, I know that's so that's thanks for saying that, Jack, because it's so true just to how we send up overcorrect, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, no one, you don't need any help at all to, I just need help all the time. That's all I need. And both are <laughs> positions that are not necessarily good to be in. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I am curious, time. Janet, um, and, and Chantal, I would love to hear from both of you on this one. Your coaching relationship worked really well. 
What would you advise beyond what you've already said in terms of getting clear about what you want um, and showing up? What would you, why do you think it works so well for the two of you? And could you speak to those people listening, maybe have a coach right now and they want to get more out of their coach or um, um, yeah, they want to get more value out of it. Uh, what would you tell those people? And Janet, maybe I'll start with you and then Chantel, I'll give you some time to think on that one. Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a tension. I think occasionally you do just meet someone and you have some similarities. Like, like Chantel said, we happen to have the same Enneagram. Um, Although I've had people that I've coached or worked with, or even coaches that I've had personally who are vastly different personalities. Mm -hmm. And I find that to be extremely valuable too. Um, I would say, uh, you know, for those of you listening that don't know, we all coach each other and we take turns and uh, occasionally I'll have, uh, like Dan will be my coach and, uh, Dan's very different than me. Uh, we have some similarities and then I'll have a, a different coach working with me and things completely just out of this world different from me. And I find both to be valuable. So I really think it depends on your willingness. If you're being coached to make the most out of it, stay curious. The more that I get positioned, I'm thinking of myself as being coached when I'm positioned or I think, well, I know better, or I've heard this before. That's a big one for me. I'm like, well, I've heard that before. Uh, I've read that in a book or I've had a mentor tell me that before. The more that I'm in that mind space, the less I get out of the coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think uh, just humility is such a big piece. Mm -hmm. Humility is such a big piece with getting the most out of the coaching space. Because if I go in wanting to be right about my limitations, about what I'm capable of, I'm not going to hear or see any other possibilities. And Chantel did such a good job of coming to the space and with that humility, with that coachability. Yeah, that's great. Chantel, any thoughts? I was going to go back to the concept of transparency because you just meet someone and now you're coaching. And, and I think for me, I remember thinking, I I just want to operate from a default of like, I trust her with my life. I'm going to be completely vulnerable because her time is valuable. I don't want to waste five sessions holding back. Mm. And and if I'm not willing to be honest about where I'm struggling or where I'm, where, what my gaps are or those limiting beliefs, whatever it is, this isn't going to work. And I mean, Janet told me that, but you really do get out of it what you put in. And so I think, I think just operating from that place and just that, that immediate trust and vulnerability was really important. And so absolutely do that. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. Those, those are fantastic thoughts. I, in terms of you get out what you put in, it's interesting. We talk about maximum value coming from full participation, which is basically the same way of saying that. Yes. And yeah. And, and what I notice about even saying that it's coaching is a space for you to practice full participation, to continue to show up and go, Hey, like I, I, I disagree with that, or I'm having this feeling or this thought and, and being able to put that on the table and then bringing that muscle into the rest of your leadership and into the rest of your meetings and into the rest of your relationships. So, um, that's, that's, that, that's just so fantastic. Chantel. I thank you so much for being here. Chantel. I, I if there are anyone listening and who want to be inspired by a, a very successful entrepreneur mm-hmm. who, who straight out of school, but not even while she was in school, started the company, 
Um, just go to tillerdigital.com mm-hmm. and look at what has been built by by Chantel and the team there. Um, uh, it's such a privilege to have you, and, and we're looking forward to seeing and working with your team in the future as well. So thanks for being on the show. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. It was a blast. Thanks for having me. And, and with that said, that concludes another episode of Your Finest Hour. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for listening. For more resources like this, as well as articles and videos by all of our coaches, go to novus.global and click on resources. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. That helps us out a lot. Rate and leave a review. If you didn't like us, just leave us alone. We drop new episodes every week and we don't want you to miss out. If you want to explore hiring a Novus Global Coach or becoming an executive coach at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching, email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.